0: You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab episode 104 and in today's episode we're going to talk about how you can make your money dreams become a reality so stay tuned. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's awesome to be hanging out with you here today. But before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about a free online masterclass That I'm running alongside a very good friend of mine, Matthew Patty. Now, if you don't know who Matthew is, I interviewed him back on episode 78 and we talked about creating a life with zero limits. So Matthew and I are coming together this Thursday called the million dollar operating system. And we're going to be talking about the new seven figure blueprint that is available to you from 2020 and beyond and how you can use it to shift from stress and overwhelm and the daily hustle and the daily grind so that you can experience financial and lifestyle freedom and impact at a global level. So if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur and you want to access these new business growth and global influence opportunities that are available to you, then we'd love you to join us on Thursday night We're going to be talking about the million-dollar operating system. We're going to be talking about something really cool, the rise of the superhuman. And we're going to be talking about the future of business and helping you understand the need for redefining your seven-figure identity in business so that you surpass your revenue and lifestyle goals in this super rapidly changing world. So you can register for this free masterclass at samanthariley.global forward slash masterclass. That's Global forward slash masterclass. And we would love to have you on the call and interact with you and uh, talk about some really cool stuff. Let's jump into today's episode uh, with Katie Mongelli, and Katie understands that we all have a money story that makes our relationship with our finances complicated. And Katie supports women in exploring their feelings and desires around money, and encourages encourages them to ask what do you truly want from your life? So this is a super great episode. Katie does dive down the rabbit hole with me as, we, as I love to do. So let's jump into today's episode with Katie Mongelli. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Katie. I'm so looking forward to chatting with you today. Thank you
1: so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to have a conversation and to see what comes out of this.
0: Absolutely. So today we're talking about money and especially making your money dreams become a reality, which is your zone of genius. This is a topic that I love talking about. And I think it's a topic that a lot of people are afraid to talk about. Is that something that you find?
1: You know, I think that it's a topic a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about. I think that a lot of us were raised to be very polite about money. To not talk about it in social settings. In my work, what I found out is how silent money was even in their own house growing up. It's almost like you're an adult now. Welcome to the world. Good luck with your money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So I don't know how it was in your house, but that's what I find a lot is it was just not really directly talked about.
0: Totally. Well, not only was it not directly talked about in our house, but we would get in trouble if we talked about it. So if we asked for something or talked about money, we would actually get in big trouble, which isn't a great foundation for an entrepreneur, right? I tell you, I've had to do some work.
1: Yeah. And in my house, I don't, it's interesting. I'm thinking on that one now, but it was taboo to talk about it. Like we don't ask things like that.
0: Yeah. 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 We don't, we don't, we don't don't do that here.
1: (laughs) That's not okay here.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So before we dive into this topic, why don't you tell us a little bit about the clients that you work with and serve right now? And I'd love to hear how you actually got to where you are now
1: oh that's a big question Um, it is right (laughs) (laughs) like how long do we have Um, (laughs) i'm an accountant and so i have a background in working with business owners to make sure that their books and records are up to date so that they can file taxes specifically i started my career working with some of the largest companies that you would find on stock exchanges and help them create really creative strategies to save lots of money on taxes. And that was great work, and it was really challenging and interesting, but I don't feel like I was making a difference in the day-to-day life of any one person. And so I started my business to help entrepreneurs, small business owners, who really feel that difference in their money, in what it means for their life at home, where they live, where they vacation, how they raise their kids. So that's been my background running my business for nearly 15 years now. And in the past few years I've taken that kind of a step further to help entrepreneurs figure out and unravel a lot of that money story and history they've been carrying around. Because what I found is their personal beliefs and and understanding and relationship with money was impacting their business success. And until we did a little bit of work around that, many of them were blocked at a certain level of you know, profit or sales that they just couldn't get past no matter what strategic planning and other things we put into place for them.
0: Yeah, totally. Now you talk about having a relationship with money and I'd love you to explain what it is you mean around that because most people will probably think their relationship with money is, well, I want it to come in so I can pay the bills, but it's so much more than that.
1: It is. And I think that some of the common definitions that I have heard about having a relationship with money are you're a spender or you're a saver. Uh huh. There's a lot more nuance than you're a spender or you're a saver. And so I think that many of us also have trouble thinking about a relationship with money beyond that because it's nearly invisible in our life.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so what I like for people to do is to really pretend that money was your best friend or your romantic partner. And as you go about your day and or specifically on the day that you pay your bills, listen to that internal chatter that you're having about your best friend money, about your romantic partner money, and think about if they were sitting right there and they were a real person, would they appreciate being spoken to in that way? A lot of times we say things like, why isn't there ever enough of you? Which is akin to, why don't you spend enough time with me? Or, uh, why are all these bills here? And so it's a lot of negative talk. And again, if you think about, well, gosh, if I loved spending time with them, what would I say instead? You know, what are the things you would say to people that you love?
0: One of the conversations that I hear often is people saying, I wish that I didn't have to pay tax. And I often wonder if this is holding people back because, I mean, of course, if we don't make a profit, we don't make t- we don't pay tax. So, you know, <laughs> I think that is a really crazy thing for people to say. And I've always been of the impression that, of course, we want to minimize our tax legally, but... I want to pay tax. I want to be making a profit in my business.
1: I totally agree. And this is a conversation I have with clients all the time. I bet you do. (laughs) All the time. I had, actually, I'm going to tell you a little story about this. I had a new client call me last year during tax time and he needed, he was interviewing me to do his taxes. And his first question was, how much did you pay in taxes last year? And I had to use that as a really great eye-opening moment of what I pay in tax is not relevant to my skills or abilities to do your tax. You didn't ask the right question. You don't know how much money I sold. You don't know what my profit was. And so you don't know how much money I would pay in tax. You don't know how my business is structured as a corporate entity. There's so much more complexity. So if you're shopping because someone says they can save you 2%, 5%, or 10% on tax, you might not be looking at it the right way. And so instead, what we need to figure out is how can we focus on growing our business? And then, of course, making sure from a business perspective that we are being responsible custodians of our money and putting it to work in ways that really help us grow and meet our goals personally, professionally and for our future, too. And that we're taking advantage of different rules that will benefit us. But also one of the things I hear is how many times have you heard the phrase, I'm investing back in my business. Mm -hmm. That one drives me crazy because maybe you are, or maybe you're just spending a lot of money, (laughs) (laughs) not financially prudent because... Did you later check up and see if it made a result? Did you get a return on your investment?
0: Yes. There's a big difference between spending and investing. And I'm so glad that you you made that distinction because I say that all the time when people say, you know, investing in their business. Well, what's the ROI of that? Because for an investment, you need a return.
1: Yes. And I think that some investments, there's an immediate return. Certain mm-hmm. marketing activities, call to actions, what's your sale? What's your, you know, what is that costing you? And there are others that really are a longer term investment, maybe a coaching, an education program, developing a skill, and becoming an expert at something. You should see steady growth or improvements as a result of taking that action as a professional in your business you should be growing and it should be hitting your bottom line.
0: What's really cool about that is that when we invest in the traditional ways you know there's short-term investments and medium and long-term investments and it is the same in our business because one of the biggest returns on investment that I've seen is actually attending live in-person events. Yeah. But you don't see the investment of that straight away but I've been, I've gone very good at really understanding the investment that I get out of it. So making sure that I turn up and show up a certain way, but also noticing what that return is because sometimes it takes a little while to come in and sometimes we don't even notice it's there and realize I didn't even see a return. Maybe I won't do that. You know, if someone said, oh, well, going to a you know going to a conference, whatever, I, I, that's just a nicety. Well, if you're not actually paying attention to what that return is, then, you know, you can't make that investment in the first place. And I guess where I'm going with this is, well, it's probably the same with anything that you do with your money, right? If you're not looking at what the outcomes are, you can miss them.
1: Yes. And so one of the ways I was going to ask is how did you know that going to conferences got you such a great return on investment?
0: Okay. This is going to sound so nerdy. I keep spreadsheets. (laughs) I actually keep spreadsheets. So I'm very people focused, very focused on relationships. So I keep a spreadsheet of the people I meet at these conferences and keep a, a note of, you know, what came out of those, because sometimes it might be a joint venture that's come about. You know, a lot of times it's the people that those people have then introduced me to that's turned into something down the track. So I actually keep a spreadsheet of all these people and how things work out. So, great question. I feel like I've just got a great question of my own podcast.
1: <laughs> I updated my spreadsheet of people today. <laughs> so, I have you know, their name in a column and how I met them and, and maybe what their business or what they do. And then some other facts or things we talked about and some things maybe we could collaborate on and... And, beca- and the reason I asked is because sometimes live events and when you're relationship focused, it can generate multiple different returns on investment, which is uh-huh. what i talk about is that it might be the return on investment that you and that person collaborated. It might be that later they mentioned another conference that you went to that created a chain event, uh-huh. or they might have introduced you to a potential client, or you may have gone to that, cl- that conference and left with a new skill, A new piece of knowledge you didn't have, something new, an idea you want to implement in your business because you learned from that educational value. Or it might have even just been that taking that break away from your desk cleared your head and suddenly on the flight there you got some download for your program and were able to write it all out and then sell it where you've been blocked. And so financial investments are the same because when people make decisions about their money, it's not just about you know what will pay the house and what will be, go to my future. Part of it too is what part of this is gonna bring fulfillment to my life? we have a purpose here, we have things that we pursue, and they take money. And we're also here to develop relationships, have connections, uh, grow as people and enjoy ourselves. And that needs to be planned for financially as well. And that's another form of getting a return on our investment.
0: Totally. So Tell us about the goal setting and how is the, you know, that vision of what that future looks like relative to what we're doing and the money decisions that we make today?
1: So uh, first, I have to let you know that I am the founding member, president and only member of my club I call Overachievers Anonymous.
0: Oh my goodness, that is absolutely great. can can I not join?
1: (laughs) Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. (laughs) But we are going to recover from being overachievers because decades ago when I would set a goal, I don't know if you remember those smart goals. It has to be Uh specific and measurable and achievable and have a timeline. I was such an overachiever that I would like write all the goals and then I would like hurry and hustle and rush to either do 10 times what the goal said Uh or do it times faster. And you know, within a week, I was like, mine are done. (laughs) And what it did is it wore me out, I burned out, and I was exhausted. And so externally, there might be measures of success that looked really excellent. But internally, I was just not happy or fulfilled. And so that's where now when I work with clients in terms of the money, we have to start with what it is that we desire for our life. We have to have a vision of what we're here to do, connected to our purpose, our calling, our gifts and our talents. just as equally connected to how we want to feel in life. How is it that we want to show up in the world every day? I want to show up connected to other people and have those relationships and experience the give and take that goes with that. And that's a founding principle that I make every decision based on. If it'll create that, that is something I should consider. If it won't, I might not need to go there. And that is how I make decisions about where my money goes and what it can create for me. Because money is a tool to create a life that feels like joy, happiness and fulfillment. And so I would call that a dream life. And so some of us may think the dream life is, you know, the yacht and a billion dollars or whatever we see glamorized on TV, but everyone's dream is actually very different Yes, because it has to be connected with who you are and we're all unique and all have different desires and goals.
0: Totally. I love helping people through this because I often find when people say, and you being an accountant would have heard this so much, I'm sure, oh, but the money's not important to me. That's cool. Tell me what is important. And what comes out is things like you know, might be things like, well, you know, family and just being able to have a life where I don't have to work and see my kids. I'm like, cool. Well, let's break that down. How exactly are you going to get that freedom to spend more time with your children? And guess what? It it doesn't matter what that success looks like, it does always come back to money. It always I, does. It
1: always does because all of us need money. That's the world that we live in. It is and it is a way that we operate. But I think when money say, oh, money is not that important, it's because we were taught at a young age that having money would interfere with what's important. Yeah. It's not an or it's not money or family like movies might have us believe we can actually have money and happiness, money and family, money and free time. You don't have to be a workaholic if you don't wanna be. You can work reasonable hours and be paid for your time at a reasonable rate, and be home with your family. Like you can find ways to juggle this. You're going to have to get creative and you're going to have to be open to trying new ways of doing things, open to learning. But I think the minute you say money is not important, this goes back to the relationship with money. If you said to your romantic partner, you're not that important.
0: Yeah, they're not going to be around for very long. (laughs)
1: Yeah, (laughs) what are they with you? So think about what you're actually saying to money if you're saying you're not that important to me. Okay, I'll go next door because it's important to them over there.
0: Totally, totally. I'd love your take on this about the goal setting and either attaching the goal to money or to something else because I know I I created my first million-dollar business when I was still in my 20s, and a lot of people have asked me about that because it's a pretty cool achievement. And the question around that is, you know, what was the goal around that, that number? And my goal actually wasn't about that number at all. Like I can remember the day that we hit that, that million dollars and I saw that figure in the spreadsheet, you know, and it was spread out more than all the other figures in the spreadsheet. But when I went back and looked back I never, ever said, I want a million dollar business. I said, I wanted a successful business for whatever that meant for me. What do I need to do to create that? And my focus was actually on making sure that I had the systems in place, making sure that I had the staff. So from your perspective, have you seen that the goal setting on the actions helps more? Or again, does this go back to people doing whatever feels right for them?
1: It certainly works both ways. And I can only say I've done it both ways. And for me, one way feels better than the other. So if you want to focus on just going after the money goal, like a seven figure business, and you can break it down into a clear path, I got to make this much every month, I got to get this many people every month, this is and you have all of those very logical, specific number oriented goals, you can get there. How's it feeling to you on the journey? for me, that didn't feel good. It felt empty. It felt hollow. It felt disconnected because it was just like going through the motions, showing up, just checking numbers off the list and being the fact that a value of mine is connection. I need to be connected. I need those relationships. That's something that's really important to me. So what I have found is that I can do twice as much with half as much. So I can have twice as much success and sales and growth and connections and engagement from my team with half half as much effort when I just show up from that place of value. And when I show up centered and aligned with what it is that I stand for. And so my vision can be to have a successful business. And I may still define that as a seven-figure business. Uh However, when I break down my goals, it's about... How do I form relationships? How do I connect with people? How do I share my message so that I can help people solve their problem? How do I serve them in this way? And then they come to you, I'm not out hunting them.
0: Yeah, I love that. Today's episode is brought to you by Business Freedom Mastermind. Now, if you're an entrepreneur or business owner who is ready for more income, more freedom, more impact, but you're stuck and not sure how to make it happen, then this exclusive one-day mastermind event is for you. Now, there's a strict limit of just 10 attendees where we do nothing but talk business, plan for growth, create lasting relationships, and establish accountability for each and every entrepreneur at the table, and you'll get a chance to share what you're doing the challenges you're facing and you'll get the personal feedback that you need to move forward and get different results. So head on over to businessfreedommastermind.com for more details. What about values? How do our values drive us to get to where we want to go? Because if our values aren't in alignment with, you know, what we want to bring into our business, is this I guess a form of self-sabotage? Is this stopping us from achieving our goals.
1: Again, it may not be stopping you from achieving your goals because when I was just going at, at it from a very like logical, smart goal perspective and was not really thinking about my values in my business life, I could still get there, but it didn't feel good. When I got there, it felt like that's it. Oh, oh, okay. No, well, I guess I got to come up with a new goal now and something new, new challenge. I wasn't enjoying it. I and it was all about the destination not the journey and so i wasn't living it was like okay i'm just doing this and when i get there then i'm gonna live my life so i think that values for me are like my gps or like when you know your parents used to get out that gigantic road map on a road trip and highlight the path you don't need to know how you're going to get to the other side of the country You just need to know where you're going. You can even get lost and you can try a new path. You can take the scenic route, you can take the highway, you can take the fast toll road. There are many different ways to get there if you know where you're going. Mm -hmm. So I look at values like the GPS and knowing our destination. And along the way, you check in and you might try different approaches. You might try different paths along the way. And you might offer different programs. You might offer different ways to work with people. Eventually, you get to that destination. But along the way, you enjoy the journey to get there.
0: And really and truly, the more we enjoy something, the more we are less likely to self-sabotage. I mean, sometimes we just go, oh, I'm not enjoying this. So we stop it. Sometimes we don't even realize that we're self-sabotaging. So when it's fun and enjoyable and it feels right, we're more likely to get there quicker with less hustle.
1: Definitely less hustle. Now, I do think it's important, like. It, just a couple of weeks ago, I was in like one of those moments of like fear, overwhelm, taking me down one afternoon. And that's why we have support. That's why we all of us have coaches and people that we go to. Because even when we're stepping into a new level, but in a way that's connected, sometimes it can feel vulnerable. Like, am I ready to show up like that? Am I ready to share this truth with other people? Am I really ready to show myself who I really am (laughs) to whoever is out there on this internet or wherever in this new way, and it can still be scary. So I think that's important, is even though we're taking this journey towards more fulfillment, there still might be moments that you're like, I don't know about this, is it gonna be okay? But again, that's the part of having support and having people around you and having encouragement to help you decide. Is this fear because I'm out of alignment and it's actually a warning sign like red alert, you need to stop, this is not meant for you. Mm -hmm. Or because it's just something new and you haven't done it before. And that's about checking in and being really tuned in to your GPS system and who you are and what it is that you're really trying to do and accomplish and create.
0: And is that something that you help your clients with a certain type of strategy? How do we know really whether we're holding ourselves back because it feels uncomfortable or whether we're holding it ourselves back because we shouldn't be going there?
1: Someone told me once about this concept of inspired action versus driven action.
0: Okay. So inspired
1: action is the one where you wake up with some cuckoo idea and you're like, "Huh, I think I could do that. And then... You kind of throw it out there to the world, like, hey, I got this idea. What do you think of it? And people are like, wow, that's that's really interesting. I want to hear more. And it sort of unfolds naturally. And you do show up and maybe you do post or whatever your method of marketing is. You put it out there. But people are drawn to it. And they're attracted and you're like oh this is kind of fun oh i love this little bit of it this is interesting or what if i did that what if i did this so you show up every day to do the work and you're creating the content and you're sharing it and you're putting yourself out there and you're drawing people in driven action is when you've got like this roadmap, and you're like you must create 19 billion social media posts by 4 p.m and then you find yourself like writer's block, procrastinating. You can't think of one word to say. That might be because you didn't really check in with if that was the strategy you wanted to go with. Maybe that is a good strategy, but maybe it's lacking the connection element. Maybe you want to be doing videos. Maybe you want to be doing lives. Maybe you want to be at events. Maybe you want to be meeting people. There's so many ways to get to the same place. Is your way connected with your values? Mm. And if you're finding yourself every day feeling like you're beating your head against the wall, you're probably not in touch with the way that is right for you. And I think in this day and age of so much information and so many, I think of Facebook ads, this is the right way. This is the right way. These are the three things you're not doing. It is hard to digest and weed out what is the right way and maybe there isn't one. Maybe it's the way that you show up and you do it consistently and you get the results that you're looking for.
0: I think that's a really interesting point that you've brought up because I think that, you know, when we see all of these, this is the way to do it, this is the right way, this is, you know, the be-all and end-all, this is the platform. I mean, we all know what what, what I'm talking about, right? But that's worked for them and it still is the right way. You know, I think a lot of people say, oh, it's not that way, it's this way. Well, it's not necessarily like that because we're all unique and the way we go about things is unique and the way that, you know, what motivates us is unique. The way that we speak to people is unique and we need to bring these things together and do them in a way that is purely unique to us. I often talk about the worst piece of advice I ever got and that was to pay attention to what my competitors were doing So someone said to me, if you know what that, you know, if you were a sprinter, for example, and you were lining up at the race, you would know that the person next to you would run a, you know, 100 meters in, you know, 10.4 seconds. And that person runs it in 11.7. And you need to know what that number is. And when I heard him, I thought, yeah, that does make sense. Logically. But I did it for a year and it was the worst thing I ever did. I think you've got to put the blinkers on and do your own, you know, run your own race.
1: I totally agree with that. And I think it causes so much stress. And I think that it took a while for me to get that idea that when I see something online, that's like, this is the right way. It can be the right way and still not be my way. Yeah. And my way can also be the right way because it doesn't have to be an absolute.
0: yes. Absolutely. So for someone that's listening and maybe they're thinking, I just can't make the income that I want to make. Money is feeling hard. Obviously, you know, the first thing you have said is to start thinking about that money being a relationship. But what are some of the other things that they can start to maybe notice, maybe change up some other strategies that they could take in their business? to make sure that that money's flowing?
1: Yeah, so I think that the number one first thing you need to do is to get out that notepad on your phone that you carry around with you everywhere and start tuning into that voice in your head. It runs non-stop in our mm. head, telling us messages all day long. And what I want you to do is every time you hear it, I want you to open that notepad and write down what you're hearing. You're gonna hear it at the supermarket. You are gonna hear it in your car on the way to work. You're gonna hear it on the way to meeting. You're gonna hear it on your sales call. You will hear this voice talking to you all the time. And that right there is going to, if you tune in and just write it down, jot it down and then read through it, you're going to start to find out what your story is, Mm -hmm. what your books are, what it is that you think about money And then be able to apply that to where you're feeling maybe at a limit in your business where you're not attracting those customers. So what is it in that chatter that might be off-putting? What is that belief that is really preventing you from taking the appropriate action? So it could be that you're not being visible enough. And what is the deal around that? It could be that you're not willing to price yourself at what you should be pricing yourself at. So are you not really presenting your value in your sales call? Are you not commanding and confident in your offer? What is that insecurity that is coming up? Maybe you're not even asking for the sale. Maybe you're posting being visible, connecting, and then you're not having a clear call to action about what somebody needs to do and what the value of that and what you'll give them in return. Really, when I see that not enough money is coming in, it can just be where you need to be looking at pricing, promoting your sales calls, your messaging, and where is it that you are not owning that level of business yet and stand place as that size of business owner.
0: That is a really cool way of doing it. And oh, I love that so much. From that point, when we start to notice what it is that's missing, or we're not doing, do you often find that people can sort of overcome these issues on their own or these problems or challenges? They're not necessarily an issue. Or are these things that we always need to be bringing people in to help us with? From your perspective and what you've seen with the clients that you work with?
1: You know, I think we all have different experiences with money and different histories with money. And thus, we all have different relationships with money. So again, if you are nearing a divorce with money, That, unlike in regular relationships, we can't really divorce ourselves for money. That doesn't work. So if you're nearing a divorce with money, you need to call in your counselor. That would be me. If you and money are having, you know, relationships might ebb and flow. Maybe you guys are, you know, having a lot of friction. It's probably time to have a third party help you navigate that conversation. If you and money are in the honeymoon phase... Then I think you have a lot that you can do at home as DIY relationship building steps to just make sure that you're, that level of intimacy and connectedness in your relationship with money stays at a healthy level. But if something comes up that really kind of knocks you down as can happen in relationships, then you need to know kind of, okay, I'm seeing some warning signs, I'm feeling some stuff come up, I'm listening to this negative talk about that I'm having and my relationship with money is feeling unhealthy then like you would in a relationship, you get some help for that.
0: Love that. I've got a question that I want to ask your personal opinion on because you're the perfect person to ask. (laughs) So I've been to many seminars before where people say, you know, you should keep a $100 bill in your wallet because, you know, it's there and it shows you that you always got money around you. And there's this part of me that has always thought, But money should flow. To me, money should have an energy that should be coming out and in. And I often wonder if by keeping that $100 bill in your wallet all the time, it actually stops that flow and almost like creates this stuck energy. So I'd love to hear your take on that.
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like that. And to me, it feels clingy. So I think it depends if you're someone who sees that and feels like, I feel amazing, then maybe that's good for you. For me, I think it feels like, why am I hiding you in my wallet? So for me. I think about it like, you know, people will tell you if you've got fancy dress, you should wear it. Don't put it in the back of the closet. If you've got a piece of jewelry or something that just makes you feel great or a piece of something that, you know, that you don't put out at your house, you should enjoy it. Find a way to enjoy it every day. Because if it makes you feel beautiful, sexy, successful, confident on a daily basis, that's what you want to be feeling. Fill your life with that. So for me, I don't think hiding that beautiful thing in my wallet feels good. To me. It feels like, why did you put me down in this dark little purse? It's not Mm -hmm. great. And I think again, there's money does, it comes and it goes. It is an energy. You send it out in the world. It goes and finds its friends. It comes back with more of them. And you just have to create a welcoming environment. And when you send your money out, when you release that hundred dollars into the world, you have to trust and know. And you can't fake that until you make it. It is the work, is that you know when I put this out there. I don't know when, I don't know how, but it's coming back bigger.
0: I love that. What I've taken from absolutely everything that you've spoken about today, and that is that we need to come up with something that works uniquely for us, no matter what it is that we need to come up with our own unique relationship with money that works perfectly with who we are and our values and our vision and what it is that we want out of life and not thinking about money in a way that is alignment with someone else's rules.
1: Yes, and I think that, you know, if we listen to many commercials or marketing materials from major financial institutions, it sounds very much the same. This is the formula we all should follow. You know, we go do this, we get married, we have kids, we save money, we have a future, we take care of them, and then we slow down and we live out our years. And if that is your formula and that feels great to you, then go for it. But the clients I work with all have different variations of that formula. And so we can't follow the same roadmap. We all have to customize it and come up with a plan that feels great, that helps us create a life that we love in whatever that looks
0: like. So perfect for anyone that's been listening to you, Katie, and loves this conversation and wants to connect with you further or learn more about what it is you do. How can they how can they connect with you?
1: So you can find me on Facebook with my name, Katie Mangeli. I'm on Instagram at katie.mangelli and Monarch Financial Coaching is my business page where you can find me or join my uh, group where I share more information and tips and how to really build that relationship with money.
0: Love it. So we'll pop all of those links in the show notes, of course. Thank you so much, Katie, for joining us today and opening up the conversation about money and not keeping it hidden in the closet. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. And thank you again for having me. It was such a fun chat today.
0: Awesome. Such a pleasure. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth, and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders in a Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to podcast click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love and as this show is new i would love 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 you to leave a five-star rating and a review on itunes see you next time in the thought leaders business lab